In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Folks, welcome to this episode of episode 200! I can't believe we made it finally! I have with me in the studio tonight, Eric the Artist. Yeah, it's me. I have with me Tara the Inquisitor. I still can't believe we're calling me that. Yes, we are, and I have with me Gary the Stud. Since Eric took mine, I gotta, gotta do with his. <laughs> hey <Hey-o>. Hey-o. <laughs> So I am Bob Crispin, your host, for the 200th time of the Galaxy Cast. And that's all the music we can afford. That's all we can afford. That's all we have have copyright for. What are you kidding? I can't believe we made it to 200, guys. I mean, this is incredible when you think about all the things that not only this podcast has done, but the history of this podcast has done. I mean, we have been through the gambit over the years. You know, to give a short history, because I think it's good for people to look back. It's episode 200, why not? This actually started off as a brainchild of mine way back in 2003. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's 14 years ago. Uh, as, as a show called The Jedi Council Speaks. And I started off with this idea. I'd talk about Star Wars. I reviewed the movies. I started reviewing Star Wars music. I started talking about the history of John Williams, yeah. history to, of characters. To give you an idea of how far this goes back, I had not yet drawn any chalk murals. Really? So when I started, you had not I started been in 2004. Yet? Wow. Okay, so this is just before you started. That's incredible. And I started off by myself, and it was a tough show doing a podcast by myself. How long were the episodes back then? (laughs) (laughs) Two hours long. Two hours of me talking, and it was a lot. It was too much, to be honest with you. I mean, like, seriously. 20 minutes of you talking is too much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I just got burned. Did you see that? That's actually why the sides of my hair are off, because Eric just burned me. (laughs) Yeah, you're being generous. So I'll, I'll give him five minutes. Wow, what is this? 
episode 200 and Dick John Bob here. Tonight. See, I'm forced Woo. to listen to him. <laughs> yeah, you're my kid. Suck yeah. it up and deal. Well, uh, to celebrate, we have to celebrate there you, you being In you for 200 way. episodes. So we get to pick on you. That's what you do. It's it's the it's the equivalent of giving someone an, a year old birthday card when they there have a go. birthday. It's, it's like, oh, congratulations, you're a year it. closer it's, to death. It's episode two hundred. Yeah. It's time to roast Bob. I yeah. Yeah. totally get it. So, so that's how it started off. Jedi Council speaks, and then thanks to some lawsuits <laughs> or threats of lawsuits, that went away, and I had to change everything I was doing. And I decided if I'm going to do that, then I might as well go big or go home. And I actually changed, rebranded the show, and that's what it became, the Galaxy Cast. Now at that time. I believe I had about 50 to 60 episodes under my belt. And I, I decided to talk to the guy who was running Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, Mike Wilkerson. And we, we hooked up and I, I said, I want to rebrand us. I want to restart over. And Mike kind of breathed new life into the podcast. It was going to kind of go away. And I was just going to kind of give up on it. And Gary at the time, because we had met by that point, and I think this was pretty close to 2006, you had said to me, you can't let this thing go. You you like it too much. You're having too much fun doing it. And he was kind of right. And Ian had said to me, well, I'll do it with you for a while. So my first co-host was Ian. And that was kind of fun. And I realized that having a host was like a really cool idea. And Ian had a draw because for some reason all women like him because he has a British accent. Of course. Sorry, females. Not Ian's the not accent. around anymore. Um, so apparently, if you want, I can talk in a Cockney one. <laughs> See, I like Italian Somehow, I'm accents. not sure that'll help. Ladies, you liking this? Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Wolverine's now part of the <laughs> podcast. Sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so Ian joined for, I think it was about 25 to 30 episodes, and then he couldn't do it anymore. I mean, it's it's one thing a lot of people don't understand about running a podcast. It's a lot of time. I mean, I'm asking a lot of even just these guys to do what they do. We give up every Friday night. I mean, social life? What social life? I don't have one on Friday nights. Uh, this is my social life, doing the podcast, which is okay. So, as my wife would say, it keeps me out of trouble. You know. So, Ian left for a while, and then I didn't know who to go to, so I ran it alone again for a while on the Galaxy Cast, and that's when Gary finally offered to jump in. No, Danny and... Well, I thought you came in at the same time as those two. <clears throat> I came in after a little bit after Danny. Okay, so that's right. That's Danny and David decided that no, they... No, it was just Danny. Did it start off as just Danny? David came in after... Thank you, man. you're here to correct me. Danny was... That's right, you're right. It was just me and Danny for a little bit. A little awkward at times because there, Danny and I didn't click. We just weren't on the same vibe length, and I, I don't know how to explain that. So I was looking for somebody else, and that's when David kind of no, came in. No. Go that's ahead. That's when I came in. You came yeah, in first. Yeah, it was Gary okay. and David. So then Gary came in, and then David, and we had four people at the table, and and it was interesting. We had a hard time not talking over each other. I, I don't think we were good about like being able to cue who was talking when. And then we got away from that. David and Danny and I kind of had a falling out, and it was Gary and I. So for the longest time, it was just Gary and I. And then Austin would sit in every now and again. But again, Austin had a hard time trying to keep cues. And then we met Eric. I don't, Eric, I don't know. When did we meet you? Was that? We met you at Speedy Fest. Yeah. Would that have been like 2012, 13? Mm. Somewhere I, well, around the, sec- time the frame, second right? show I did for Lucasfilm was 2012. So it must have okay. been around 2010. Maybe it was 2010 then. Yeah. I, think it was, I, think it, I think it was 2010. Yep. 
And we met Eric at Speedy Fest, and it was funny because he was talking about, hey, I'm going down to this this Star Wars convention down in Florida. We're like, oh, yeah, so are we. <laughs> and yeah. then you were looking to do a video for your buddy's yeah. birthday. For his he, birthday, my friend Sean. And you were looking 40. for Star Wars characters, <laughs> yeah. and then you were looking for a place to do it. And I'm like, well, why don't you just come over to my yeah. house? We'll just do it there and make it easy. And I, I'd like to think that's the beginning of what was a beautiful friendship <laughs> that, that occurred well, that, geez, out of that. that makes it almost eight years of it is. you guys. Yeah, I mean. Holy moly. Right? <laughs> We've known Jeez. each other almost a decade, isn't that? Yeah, hard to believe? that's crazy. And I, I probably started doing the podcast regularly. Uh, I was doing it, I think, by the time the second Star Wars celebration yeah. happened, by yeah. twelve, didn't yep. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been here at least about five years. Yeah. So isn't that five I mean, and a half years? God. Yeah. So we, that's we picked up Eric, and and I really think <clears> this <throat> has been our solid crew for a good five years. And this is, like I said, it's hard to believe how far we've come in in, in the short amount of time that. That this thing has gone on, it's not really short, but it, it feels short for whatever reason. Right. Over the years, you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Man, you've been doing it for I can't believe you're doing it for that long." And I'm like, it doesn't feel like that. It just feels like something that was natural that just kind of kept growing out of the things that I was doing. I'm excited. Two hundred. I can't believe we made it to two hundred. So with that in mind, I want to start off the episode with some really cool things. So I want to start off with first a couple congratulations we have. We only have two of them, but that's okay. They're two cool congratulations. So I'm going to start off with this one first. This is a congratulations from the comic book men. That's right. You're hearing it right. This is AMC's comic book men congratulating us on our 200th episode. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's comic book men. I want to extend a huge, huge, huge congratulations to the Galaxy Cast. Congratulations on your 200th episode. And may the force be with those who listen. Hey, listeners, this is Brian Johnson, and I'm not going to read the rest of the bullshit this guy wrote on the page for me to read. Uh, you're listening to Galaxy Cast. It's a 200th episode. That's something, right? I mean, back when these kids were pups, I thought two, three, maybe, maybe, before they killed themselves and said, uh, forget it. It's never going to happen. But here we go, 200. I was proven wrong. So there you heard it, folks. That is Ming Chen thanking us. That is Brian thanking us, congratulating us on, on episode 200. Brian said he couldn't believe we were going to make it that far, <laughs> which I thought was hysterical. Those guys were really cool, by the way. We met them at Pittsburgh Comic Con to record Steel, that. Steel, Steel City. City, thank you. And we tried to get some other people, but you know, Billy D. We tried to get him, but he wasn't looking good that day. Mm. And I don't. He was. They kind of wave you off. Yeah, anyway. he was not in a good mood, and I didn't want to mess around with it too much. I tried, and his manager was like, "He's just not there today." I'm like, "Totally get it." So we left Billy D. alone. The second one is really cool. This one I'm excited about, too. We saw Jeremy Bullock at Rochester Comic Con, at Rock Con, and we got a chance to talk to him, and he wanted to congratulate us. By the way, he remembered my Mando bucket. So we walked up in our Mando gear, and he looked at me and he goes, I remember that bucket, and picked it up right away and started looking at it again. And uh, that was so cool that Jeremy remembered that from Celebration. So here's Jeremy Bullock congratulating us on our 200th episode. Hi, this is Jeremy Bullock from... Boba Fett from Star Wars. Congratulations, Galaxy Carter, on reaching your 200th episode. You're amazing. You're absolutely amazing. Keep the good work up, and we'll see you again soon. Hopefully, we'll join in for that tiny little glass of wine to make it easier. Okay, take care. Bye. Boba himself. Boba himself. I can't believe that he congratulated us on our 200th episode. Do you know, we've had some of the most amazing people on this show over the course of 200 episodes. We have interviewed some amazing people. We have interviewed Jeremy Bullock. We have interviewed Daniel Logan, Ray Park. We've interviewed Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew. We interviewed Bonnie Peace. 
We've interviewed, I mean, all sorts of people from all over the place. We've interviewed just famous people. And it's been such a pleasure for 200 episodes to be able to put this podcast out there. I'm hoping we can do 200 more. I think we can. I'm, I'm excited. I think we can get to 500 and beyond. I, I really do. That's my dedication now is, is to make it to 500 plus. Be the first podcast to really be out there and have a solid 500 episodes. So part of my goal now that we've reached 200 is to get the other podcasts online. So those of you who've seen, we've made our move. We are now on a different website doing different things now. And so here's how it's going to work. Over the course of several weeks, as people answer our quiz questions correctly, when somebody answers correctly, I'm going to put another of our older podcasts online. Matter of fact, for every question you answer right, five old podcasts are going to go online. Mm. So so pay attention to these episodes. Make sure you're emailing in your answers. And for every question somebody gets right, so if five people answer right, I'm going to put up 25 episodes of the podcast. That's so, a lot. Right? Yeah, I know a lot of work on my part. But I'm guaranteeing to do that because I want to see people answering these questions. And it's the 200th episode. Why not? Let's, uh, let's give you guys a chance to start hearing some of our older stuff. That's right. I still have every single podcast we've done, which is so cool. So cool that, that I have all of them. And, you know, if, if we start running out of podcasts from this one, maybe I'll put some Jedi Council Speaks on there just so you can all, <clears throat> yeah, hear me for two hours. It won't be called that. Though. Yeah, but it won't be called that. I know, I know. <laughs> so, anyway. It'll be Bob Speaks. Oh, goodness That's gracious. Right. Jedi babies are going to be out there. It'll be like Bob needs to shut up. It's what it's really called. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Talk. That's true. And Tara points out that we, we did, I did voiceover work for several Star Wars dramatizations, which was really cool. I've been the voice of Yoda on several dramatizations, which was kind of fun to do. And my kids have actually starred in a Star Wars drama, audio drama, called Jedi Babies, which if you've never heard it, it was hysterical. I still have it, I believe, somewhere in amongst all my audio files. Maybe I'll have to dig that one up. Maybe that'll be a final, like... Oh, hurrah geez. if you listen to everything from the Call, galaxy that's, cast. A, that's a hurrah that's a hurrah <laughs> actually you'd be amazed i mean for as young as these guys were what i was able to get them to do for the age that they were at uh it's pretty impressive cool it really is and and i think it showed that all three of them had some talent some chops for recording audio even back then so yeah even though i drove myself crazy trying to get my daughter <laughs> to say ala sakura hours hours trying to get her to say that days <laughs> days yeah yeah and every time ayla sakurla no sakura sakurla no Urra. urla uh. so anyway she still to this day remembers it. am i wrong yeah yeah okay so thank you this is where i get to say thank you thank you to the listeners the viewers the supporters the people that have kept with us even if you haven't kept us with us for 200 episodes and you've only kept it with us for two Thank you for listening to this podcast because, again, as we say at the end of the episode, were it not for the listeners, we wouldn't exist and we wouldn't do what we do. And I am proud of what we do, and I hope you guys can enjoy 200-plus more. And thank you, Handel and Ned. Absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, they are some big proponents of ours, and, and, and a lot of times... When I'm when I'm when I'm down and weary and thinking no one's listening, Hondo and Ned are the ones that remind me that somebody out there is actually <laughs> paying attention to what we say. So again, thank you from our team to yours, and I hope you guys continue listening. With that all said, now let's actually get into the meat and potatoes of this episode because we got it. It's a, it's yeah. a show, so we still got to continue. So, is the questions that people have to answer coming up later? They always show up in the middle of the show. Yep. Okay, yep. Just so people know, there's instructions. There'll be instructions later. Okay. okay. 
Okay, so the three things we're going to talk about tonight are, at the beginning of our podcast, we're going to look at the latest Justice League trailer, which is a UK trailer, talk about the Justice <laughs> League a little bit. We're actually going to stay away from Thor Ragnarok because it comes out very soon. Next weekend. And we want to leave that alone, at least for right now. So we're going to leave that alone. We're going to talk about the Shazam casting that just happens, happened recently. And then we're going to talk about something that I can't even believe I didn't know anything about, which is in- interesting, and that is an abandoned Resident Evil TV show that was about to occur and never actually happened. And we're going to t- talk about that because we were kind of impressed with what was there. It was kind of cool. So let's start out. So we saw the latest trailer for, well, it's it's for Justice League, and basically it's now kind of getting to a point where we're starting to see, I, I think, some main parts of the movie in, in these trailers. So what do you guys think of of some of this trailer here? I mean, we see Steppenwolf for the first time. What do you guys? What do you think of the look of Steppenwolf? Does it match what you guys have always pictured Steppenwolf to be? I don't know. It need. I have to see it better. It's. It yeah, I have to admit, you're looking over his shoulder yeah. and from behind his back, and it looks very mechanical and robotic, to be honest. It Re- reminds me of the Necromongers from Riddick. <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree with you. It's got kind of that necromancer Oh, the, look to the it. arbor. Yeah, especially with the carving in the armor. Yeah. yeah. I was actually going to go old school. I say it looked like, uh, it looked not red, but looked like Dracula's armor from the opening of the old Dracula movie with, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. with what's his name, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Right. His armor was all that. <clears throat> it, it looked kind of like musculature the way it was carved. Yeah. I kind of thought it looked like that. But the Necromancer's, you're dead on. Yeah, it does have that look to it. I, I, it'll be interesting to see if that's the actual look that they go for. More parademons, more invasion. Right, right. And and we <clears> see, <throat> I think, some of Batman's toys again in this one. We see yeah. the Batmobile. We see the Batwing, which I think is the Batwing. There's so much digital environment going on. I, I know, hope right? it doesn't feel fake. Doesn't it look a little it over-stylized? Yeah. To me, it looks very overstylized, and that's what concerns me quite a bit. I mean, I've got to see the action in context, and maybe, you know, once you're seeing story and, their, you know, the impact of the scenes. But right now, it looks looks like a giant video game. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and this goes back to my concern with Superman, and now it's coming up in this one. They're fighting each other in a city with no concern for humanity or anything in the city itself, and to me, that's worrisome. Because, again, the whole point of, of I, I don't know, the Super Friends, whatever you want to call them, Justice <coughs> League, is, is that they're trying to save humanity. And if they're trying to save humanity from an invasion, then don't you think they'd be worried about the humans just as much as they'd be worried about right. beating the enemy? I get the sense that what we're going to see in the movie is that these are areas that have already been completely wiped out by the aliens, that the invasion has destroyed cities or destroyed certain places and that's where they're taking the attack to it's what i, I hope that's what the I case but i thought the same thing was going to happen in superman and he sadly disappointed me with that whole the whole thing and then batman kind of played off of that though too in that the the whole idea of batman in the second superman movie had to occur <coughs> because of that yeah, he was, batman yeah. versus superman so you know i, I guess was... that they were trying to set something up but it was a poor setup right now why why isn't superman in that trailer He's Why isn't Superman in that trailer? Didn't you see Batman versus Superman? He's he not did. dead. We all know he's not dead. There's still the only the only time they've shown him is in a brief dream se- sequence Lois Lane has. He's not dead. Yes, he is. He's dead to them. Look. <laughs> By the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. You um, if you haven't seen Batman versus Superman, yeah, no, you won't get this either. <laughs> Martha. Martha. <laughs> Why'd you say her name? <laughs> um. 
Now, in my opinion, it's more realistic that they can't save everybody. Well, I, I don't expect them to save everybody, but the attempt to save everybody would, would have to be made. I or think. the attempt to mitigate damage. Correct, yeah. yeah. Boom. And I, I guess that's what I'm looking at. Is if, if you want to be realistic and kill humans, fine, I get that, that's fine. But it would be nice to have the interaction of like them being upset about I mean, here's humans the thing. being killed. They're the Justice League. Right. In comics, they find a way to save humanity. Right. And to, that's the point of them. They're so supposed if in to the do movie, the impossible. Yeah, if in the movie they are... You know, not they're failing like crazy. People are dying left and right. It's gonna be hard to get behind it as a as a Justice League movie. Right. That, you know what? That's my point. You know yes. what it is? DC superhero action. Marvel superhero. I I don't know if it's that much. I I do think DC had knows how to do a superhero. I I you know, I just think that I don't know. I I have some worries it, about this movie. That's okay. All. You, you get the Marvel movies and uh, look at the Battle of New York. Yeah. Right. How many people died in that one? We don't know. They mention they mention they there's, mention de- there's fatalities or something in the news reports at the end. But right. Yeah. It's not what's the focus well, of the fight is. They mention. Right. Yeah. See, you haven't seen Spider Man Homecoming. They mention a number in Spider Man Homecoming. Do they? And okay. it's in the thousands, like tens of thousands of people that have died during well, that, that battle. Those giant things were smashing through buildings, Correct. so, yeah. so <laughs> they didn't would, evacuate ex- everybody. Right. You would right. expect, and, and that's exactly large why numbers. certain people in New York City are mad at the Avengers. Right. 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 And 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 I get that. The Marvel characters really don't worry about civilians. Correct. They just battle whatever is there, and then they worry they about deal it with the fallout. Well, right. Actually, what they do is they let Shield deal with the fallout right. after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Captain America it. does care. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. He wants to save. And that's people. actually what sets him <clears throat> apart from the rest of the Avengers. Anyway, Gary. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying though is it's realistic. <clears throat> I get what you're saying. All right, DC. Come on, even in the comics and in the cartoons and all that. They really wouldn't have been able to save everybody. Yeah, I guess that's true. And, and you're not seeing it in the cartoons and the in the comic book, all right? So there's, it's realistic in the movie. Yeah. That's what's going to happen if there's a big alien invasion and, and everything else. Marvel already said it that time. Yeah. So every, everybody's mad because Superman's not saving everybody. Right. There, there's no Thor in this scenario. I get what you're saying. Right. Although he's going to come back at some point. I, well, Superman has to. I mean... They made that very obvious at so, the end of Batman versus. And then Superman. who is who's is there going to be a seventh? They say there's seven Justice League members, yes. and they haven't. I, I already know who the seventh you one is. is. They accidentally revealed it. Oh, did they? Yeah, they a toy? They, they put a game out there. Oh, okay. And they accidentally put the seventh person in, and it was kind of like, whoopsie. <laughs> it's elongated man. I was going to say know, plastic. No, it's, plastic no, it's man. not. No plastic. Plastic man. man? Yeah. No, I thought it was elongated. It's blue beetle. It, it has to do with the last. Yeah trailer where they the one guy looked up and said oh good to see you here well yeah he was ta- it was alfred yes was saying oh they said you'd come you know everyone said well is he talking to superman or is he talking to someone new well who do you think it is robin <laughs> all right smart alec it's dick grayson who do you think it is i think it is going to be the joker played by leto and he's going to save humanity because he wants to kill them himself are you being serious or are you being, <laughs> no, sarcastic? Totally being sarcastic mr mizzle <clears throat> Everyone says it's a Green Lantern because he's the typical seventh. Yeah. So I'm guessing, but then there's been hints that it's Supergirl, which I'm like, eh, I hope not because get away from that. But so, like I said, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Okay. But but they they did accidentally reveal yeah. it, and there is a whole argument right now at DC because it got accidentally revealed, and it wasn't supposed to. There was a big whoopsie. And well, a big argument at DC. <clears throat> apparently, DC right the novelization of Last Jedi came out. Oh, really? The whole story. Oh, boy. 
And it's like Mark Hamill said, don't read it. Please don't read it. Go yeah, because you'll ruin everything. Yeah. I guarantee it. So it's going to get very hard to go another four weeks, four yeah, and a half weeks and make crazy. it. That's crazy. Okay, you're going to have to uh, close up shop so I can run to Barnes & Noble and buy it. <laughs> we we <Yeah>. want to go <laughs> You want to make sure it's not a remake of Empire before you go. That's to right. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because Eric and Mark Hamill are best buddies now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right, I, he I, liked I, one I, of my I, tweets. I, I can't do it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's best buddies with Mark, so yeah, we, yeah. we got to be nice yeah, to him. So 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 we're, we're trapped liver now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and Mark are like this for the podcast. I got my fingers intertwined. But, Why do uh, I feel like this is this is Big Bang Theory, and we're talking about Stephen Hawking? Yeah, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> it's like you and Stephen Hawking are your best buddies. Here's too, the thing, know? though. Mark Hamill will not video call me on my birthday and sing Happy Birthday to me like he did. To oh, Sheldon. oh, you say that now. You say that now. I guarantee. <laughs> you guarantee it? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what? Our relationship with Peter Mayhew means nothing? So for, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it does. So for, yeah, for anyone, for Mark Hamill. Peter cries me to sleep every night. So By okay. the way, Mark Hamill, because I know you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> my ber- my birthday is coming up on November 22nd. So a, a nice video or. I got to get this podcast out before November 22nd. Something. You, you know. heard that fear, folks, first. <laughs> And it'd be awesome if you if you'd sing Happy Birthday to Eric like Marilyn Monroe. No, using no. the Joker's voice. <laughs> okay, no, no, so he using the Joker's voice. A Joker saying, you know, Happy Birthday to me would be would be kind of cool. <laughs> but but like Marilyn Monroe though. No, I don't need that whole. I'm trying to picture that like Happy Birthday, <laughs> oh, Mr. President. Happy He's Birthday. birthday. Really good at that. He's like, you actually got that done. We might. I need a Mark Hamill. You might be. Able to... It'd be kind of awkward to sing Happy Birthday to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I know. But if anybody could do it, Mark Hamill could do it. Which, that. by the way, did you see the the cartoon that came out? No. We'll have to watch that, but I'll talk about it briefly. It is a video where. It's drawn in animated DC style. Yeah. Mark Hamill gets kidnapped by the Joker and the Trickster. Oh, no. And they're all driving in a car together. Oh, jeez. And he's voicing all three of them. Oh, no. <laughs> so this is... He, he voiced Mark Hamill? Yeah. Wow. He voices himself. And so this is kind of like Jeff Dunham it's a very, it's a very It's a very meta brief thing they made. Yeah. And he posted it online. He said, this is the only time I've ever slept with all my cast members. <laughs> But, but, but he, isn't, he is a national treasure. He really is. But, 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 but even better if Luke Skywalker came save him, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> someone does come save him, but I won't give that away. You have to watch the episode. He's the only one that can have a four-way and never need one another person. <laughs> it's, it's, only, it's only about four minutes long. It's a great little video. It's funny to watch. We'll <laughs> Think watch about it. that. You're the only person who can yeah. say, I've, I've, I've had a four-way and I never even had another person in bed with me. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's incredible. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our next Sorry, subject sorry, since we've already gone way adult on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the casting of Shazam. That's right. It's another DC night here in the studio. And who do you think got cast? Was it a muscle-bound person like John Cena? No, he was beaten out. And it was beaten out by who? Chuck. Chuck. I know. I was like, <laughs> Zachary Levi, who played the role of Chuck on TV, is going to play Shazam. So let's talk well, about Wasn't this he originally cast in Chuck to look like a nerd? Well, yeah, I mean, okay. That was the point of the character. <laughs> like, okay. Like, wasn't that the idea behind Chuck was some big old nerdy guy was supposed to be this, like, MacGyver type? And and now you got to cast him in a role where he's supposed to be Shazam. Now, uh, Gary, you pointed out earlier, he would make a great alter ego to Shazam because well, Shazam's alter ego is... Billy Baston. But, but that's a kid. But he's a kid. But he's a kid. But I mean, like... 
he's a skinny, scrawny kid that that's a know nothing, right? I mean, well, like that's he's so, also like eight years old. Yeah. Is he really eight yeah, years the, old? The thing is, like that. Li- the whole point of Shazam is that a little kid, when he says Shazam, turns into this big Superman. Oh, I guess and I that's forgot that part of it. That yeah. it was, it was and he goes toe to toe with Superman. Yeah. Okay. And he actually beat Superman. He is Earth's well, I know, mightiest I remember mortal. That. Right. He's Earth's mightiest mortal. I remember right. that. And and Superman eventually. This this is in Kingdom Come. Right. They fought each other. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually Superman gives him onus just because he beats him and and kind of. Right. Well. You find out he's a kid. Yeah. Well, he respects him, I guess is the yeah. best way to put it. He doesn't respect him until that point, and then, and then he, he respects him. And then he finds out he's a kid, and it's like, whoa. Why would you pick this guy over John Cena, over anybody <clears throat> else? I mean, we talked about the pitfalls of John Cena. I mean, John Cena would have been cool. Because you could have drawn in all the WWE fans. You could have drawn in all the people that are John Cena fans. And, of course, the alter, the other person that they're up against is... The Rock, who's playing the role of Black, Black Adam, Black Adam, and and so to have John Cena and Black Adam, you know, I mean, that would have been cool. But my point was that there is a, I guess, camp factor of having yep. two wrestlers star in a tentpole movie and fight each other. It is that rather would be, cliche. That would be very hard to get past the weight of that hanging over the film. Yeah, and I think, granted, The Rock has become a superstar. He is a, te- a tentpole actor who can carry movies. Cena's not. Correct. And I think you'd still see him too much as a wrestler and everything. So it's, I think they had to go the route of someone who didn't have that look. So this is a tough call because Shazam's got to look a certain way. He's got kind of a square look to his face. He has to have that kind of Superman-esque look. I guess the only person I could personally see pulling this character off, as I mentioned earlier, it would be this, the Superman character from the TV show Supergirl, the guy right. who played on the CW. Well, I can't think of his name. I can't either. But... He would, I think, play the character well, or could potentially play the character well. Right. But then that would throw a whole bunch of people off because now you've got Superman from a TV show in a movie playing Shazam. That's okay. The Flash from the movie isn't the same I Flash. Oh, you're TV right, show. and it doesn't. A lot of it doesn't make any sense at all because it's all Elseworlds tales. It is. Speaking of which, Gary, I've been meaning to ask you, and while we're on the podcast, I guess I'll do it here. Do you know what character they just introduced two weeks ago in Gotham? Uh, Grundy. Yeah. Have Born you been watching Gotham? No. I and it was somebody we never even expected to be Solomon Grundy. I couldn't get over it. Butch, for those who watch Gotham, became Solomon Grundy, which I did not expect. Now the Solomon Grundy they've got looks the part. He's really good at it. Yeah, totally did not see the character that they were gonna use as Solomon Grundy as Solomon Grundy. So it was kind of a nice, I guess, surprise. And my wife, we were even sitting there, and and he comes out of the the murk of a swamp, mm-hmm. and there's a a phonograph playing the Solomon Grundy poem. And I went, oh my gosh. Like, my eyes got huge. I went, now I know. And she's sitting there going, what, what, what? Like, she didn't know Solomon, the Solomon Grundy character. And I told her, I said, honestly, if I didn't know Gary, I wouldn't know as much about <laughs> Solomon Grundy as I do. But, yeah, it was a kind of a cool moment. And I know you don't watch Gotham. This may be one thing, the one time you're going to want to watch a couple episodes of Gotham and check out yeah, I'll, their I'll, version I'll, of Solomon. I'll, I'll wait for it to come on Netflix and, and watch <laughs> yeah, and then binge watch it all. Yeah. Are they doing? They have is the first season of Gotham. I believe on I think so. Okay. I believe it is on Netflix already. Yeah, so it's it's definitely worth mm-hmm. the watch. But you got to understand, and, and again, for those in the podcast. When you watch Gotham, you have to cut off all ties with everything else. It's its own thing. It is its own thing. And that's thing. what I that's the problem you know? I have with DC is there's whereas, no interaction. Whereas Marvel is all about continuity. 
Yeah, to an extent. Yeah, the Netflix shows and the stupid X-Men um, spin-off. X, well, that's Sony. Right. The, the ones that are Marvel, Marvel still don't like, seem yeah. to connect up as much as they should. But still, the movies do a good job. But DC seems to just be like, let's just keep retelling stories. Hey, let's do a Joker movie now with someone else playing the Joker while we just cast Jared Leto and he's going to still play the Joker in two other movies, but we want to tell some sort of other movie done by Martin Scorsese and that's going to have a different Joker. It's like they keep just redoing things over and over again. See, now I disagree with you about the Marvel not connecting. I don't think there could have been a better connection ever in the history of movies than there was between Winter Soldier, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, and Mar, you know, in, in that right. I remember, yeah, I remember that whole thing. And, but and it I seems know like you it, weren't but caught fall- up at that point. It's falling it, away more. Don't you feel like it? It's it is not now. Happening. And I only think the only reason they're doing it now <clears> is because I kind of feel like, as I told you, that was a Midas gold moment that they will never be able to truly repeat. They could say they're going to try, but they just can't. They've done it now. They did the one thing that nobody else could do, and that was take a TV show and a movie and just totally integrate the two and be like, yep, here we go. And it's all... Totally integrated. And for people who were caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then went and watched the movie, it totally made sense. Now, you pointed out, though, a lot of people just don't have the time to do all that stuff together. So it is, it is a pitfall. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why DC stays away from it because the pitfall is if there's Easter eggs in there and you're not keeping up with the TV show or whatever else you throw the yeah. Easter eggs in about, you're not going to get them. They mm-hmm. don't make sense to you. So there's some pitfalls for it. Yeah. But going back to the casting of Shazam, yes, one of the things we'd talked about was dream casting of who you'd cast for the character. Correct. And if we could go back in time a little ways, say 10, 12 years, I still think Patrick Warburton, even though he's a comedian and known for comedic stuff, yeah. had the build and had the facial look of what Shazam looked like. Okay. He would have been visually great, but he'd also be like, the tick and you can't get past all that and, and right. you know I, Joe yeah you keep hearing John, Joe Swanson oh yeah yeah you know well, Black Adam let's go come on right and here's the other one that would could have potentially worked again when he was younger I think George Clooney could have looked the part he'd have to put on some serious muscle we had to put on some muscle but his, but yes, his I see facial it. features would have looked uh, the young part. George Clooney sure built yeah yeah could have totally. pulled it off could've absolutely pulled off. I think so I'd go Matt Damon <laughs> Would you? Yeah, Matt Damon. I, I, uh, I, 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 Taylor Lautner. You just want him to fight. Hot. You just want him to fight. Uh, Affleck. F- at some point. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That actually would have been funny. Which are they still saying the rumors that he's gone after this movie? I was hearing rumors that Affleck is done being Batman after this movie, and then I hear no, he's coming back for a trilogy well, that's, that's being the written. Thing. And no, he's leaving. He. You hear a rumor that he's leaving, and then he has to come out, Affleck, and say, nope, that's not the case. And then we go back to, well, now they heard a rumor that he's lost his contract, and I don't know. And it's like the WB and DC can't get their crud together to like either put a kibosh on this and put a lid on it, or actually come out and say, no, he's out. Nobody seems to be able to like confirm. There's like no confirming, no denial by anybody, and it's disgusting. I wish somebody would just come out and say it. If he's out, he's out. Fine. Let's talk about that. He's out. Let's let's be honest about it, and we're going to get another Batman. All right, fine. I'll accept that. But I hate this, like, back and forth. He's out. He's in. He's out. He's in. What is it? Is he out? Is he in? Let's right. let's. I'm wondering if they're waiting to see how Justice League yeah. does before they say, yep, he's out for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that concerns me, too. Wait, so if Justice League does bad, it's going to be Affleck's fault? 
They no, get, but it gives him a much easier out to be like, yeah, this whole thing's not working out. I'm going to go. And if it's a huge hit and everyone wants to see him as Batman more, it's more, it's good for him to come back and be like, pay me more. They want to keep me. So see, it's got to really depend on how the movie does. I'm going to go more blunt. I think if it is if it is bad, I think they're going to blame Affleck's well, Batman. Well, I hear he's a lead in the movie, like yes, a major I, part of the movie. And I think they're going to blame him. If it's bad, they're going to say, see, Affleck was flat as a Batman. If it's good... Flat as a bat. Flat as a bat. But if it's good, they're going to go, well, that's because Ben Affleck's an amazing Batman. Here's $20 million. Would you make a trilogy? Really, I do think that's how it's going to work out. I'm serious. How that Justice League movie goes is how Batman is going to go. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. stupid. So if you like Affleck as Batman, get to the theater and watch the movie and go, yeah. I mean, I loved loved his one fight scene. At the end of Batman vs. Superman, when he took on the, cr- the criminals, it was a great sequence. I kind of like his snarky attitude every once in a while and the dumb comments he makes. I mean, no, I know everybody else is like, well, he's not supposed to be that snarky. I, I, I disagree. There's different versions of Batman. And in one of them, he kind of makes some rude, snarky comments all the time. And yeah. I'm yeah. cool with that. So are you excited to see a Shazam movie? Mm. Not really. And I'll tell you why. I, I haven't read a Shazam comic that often. Uh, I knew of Shazam, but he's just not one of those characters that makes me want to jump and go to a movie theater to go watch him. I've always hated Shazam, so, yeah. Why do you hate Shazam? He's arrogant. He's a little kid. He thinks he can beat up anyone, and I get it. He's the Earth's most mightiest mortal, but, it, yeah. But the thing is, he's not arrogant. He's got the wisdom of, right. of uh, what is it? It's I know it's Zeus's strength. No, strength of Hercules, that's the age. <clears throat> Speed of... No Mercury in there. Each letter stands yeah. for a Greek god. And I know right. Z is Zeus and H is Hercules. S is Solomon. I think it's the wisdom of Solomon. Yeah, right, yeah wisdom of Solomon. Um, so he's supposed to be like really smart, really brave, really fast, really strong, really right. everything because of all See, these Greek god powers he has. The way I've always viewed Suzanne is a tiny little kid beating up superheroes because he can. Oh, then you got to learn more about the character. Yeah. yeah, there's more to it than that. Yeah. What do you think, Gary? Is the Shazam movie something you'd want to go see? Yes. Okay. Always, Ooh, always, always like the wow. character. He's fast on that one. Wow, he was fast on that I always like the character. So do you think this is a good casting role? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know Chuck. I, I get what you're saying. I'd have to. I gotta see how he looks now. If he's already bigger, like maybe he's bigger he's than he's already started beefing maybe up. Maybe he's beefing it, up before. I mean, what's his name from The Office went from being a geeky character to leading man roles as Jack Ryan and in yeah. that uh, Thirteen Hours uh, yeah. movie and all that. And, you know, he built. He got built pretty quick. Um, I mean, he's not Shazam size, but still. It, yeah. And it would open up to possibly the other characters in the whole Shazam <clears throat> universe. Which would be who? Mary Marvel, Isis, you know, Black Adam. Right. All of them. What's the dog's name? I don't remember. There's a dog. Yeah, Shazam, I don't remember either. Shazam. It was a white cape. dog, right? <laughs> yeah, with a cape. Yeah. Okay, so our last topic, and this is the one I was kind of like, wow. And we were all kind of loud. Came out, came out of left field tonight. It did come out of left field. And this was on Screen Rant. And again, there'll be show notes with all these these links. But this, this is pretty recent, too, because apparently this is only like a four or five hour old article. Yeah, so at least as of a recording. So apparently there was an abandoned Resident Evil TV show. I kid you not. This was actually a thing that was going to be produced. It looked like it was supposed to come out in 2014, right? Like that was the. That's first when they time. were last talking about it, right? That was the first time it got kind of got batted around. The last time they were talking about it, and it was supposed to kind of be in the Resident Evil movie realm, but not like it was supposed to be this weird kind of like I don't know, like a thriller. I guess the best way, right? They like said it was a murder, murder mystery, murder mystery set thriller. in Raccoon City, right? 
And so I was kind of like, we got to check this out, find out what it's about. It was titled The Arklay, A-R-K-L-A-Y. And again, at some point in the middle of the TV show, the lead character is supposed to be infected by a T-virus. And of course, then the clock starts ticking about getting rid of the T-virus and saving himself and all that kind of stuff. So it sounded like they had a pretty good plan for the entire right. season. Right, it sounded like they had a pretty decent like look ahead of what the series is going to be about. So we decided to watch the online show. It was about, a, what, 10, 15 yeah. minutes, something like that? Basically what they had done, and it's come out online now, is that they've released a mini-movie called Dave. Correct. Which was test footage and a bit they put together as kind of a proof of concept of how the series would look. Um, these things always aren't final casting. They're not final, you know, everything. It's, it's really a proof of concept. And it's been released now as a short film called Dave. And it was, it's on Vimeo if you're looking for yeah. it. You can also find our screen ran at the, at the link we're going to give you. And we watched it, and I gotta, I gotta be honest. Like at first we were watching, I'm going, it was slow. Oh, it was so slow. I mean, there, like, you got to get past the one minute of coughing that happens at the very beginning. Know, right? of the I'm like, okay, that can stop. It's been going on for a while. Right, and I really uh, hate the fact that he's choke, choking on coffee. I hate that. When you're, it you're, are you jealous because you always cough in the front rows? <laughs> I do, but not for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and it's never on coffee no. either. Just by the way, so, so he, yeah, I, I have to admit, it starts off slow, and he, and and. They keep telling him, you don't want to see this. You can't, you don't want to go in. Yeah, it's like, kind of like, like two people tell him, you right. don't want to look at this. And, and the more they say that, the more I'm like, all right, now I want to see it. I want yeah. to see this. Like, which is a good setup. I mean, you know, for thriller, mystery kind of thing. Sure, now you're getting me wanting to see whatever it is. And then we see this dead body and we find out it's this guy's brother. Yeah. He's and, a cop and he's come to the, the crime way, scene. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler we're we're going to tell you about everything. Yeah. He's a cop who's come to a crime scene. The episode starts off with him sitting in a car outside a house. He goes inside. He's told by two different people, one an officer and one who's a, probably a detective, that he doesn't want to see this. And you finally get to realize it's an apparent suicide of his brother. Right. And I called it. I want to say I just called it. Because they were sitting there and the dead body's sitting there. I'm like, man, it'd be so cool if he turned into a zombie right now. And then by the end, yeah, <laughs> he turns into a zombie. And I got to admit, like... It was a cool-looking zombie. It was good effects. I was like, wow, all right. Like, this would have been the real deal. And there were some cool little spoiler-esque moment things in there, like having the cigar at, on the desk or on the floor and then missing the two cigars and then going out to the grill and finding that 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 piece of... Mm -hmm. Well, it's a, a disc, I guess. Well, you also found the second cigar, too. Right, and a second cigar, and it, it said that who is dead? The other Grim Reaper, right? Or, uh, Grim, Grim Rasputin is dead. Right, Grim Rasputin is dead. So there was like clues hidden on a disc. It was very Resident Evil-ish in the fact that the guy was like finding yeah, clues like, and pieces that's like you're in the game. It, it reminded me of the game because <laughs> in the game you'd find these weird things like that and you'd be like, what the heck does that mean? And then later on they're like, you gotta come up with a computer code and you're like, oh, that's right, like three chapters ago, Grim Rasputin right. is dead. Let's try that one and then you try it and it works. So, you know, it was definitely interesting in that regard. And like I said, at first it was slow, but then by the end I was kind of like, what? You know, and they don't, goes they don't, like, why didn't they do I mean, this? They you don't know? mention anything about Resident Evil in, no. in the seer, in the show. There's no, no, they don't even name Raccoon City. You nope. know, that's what it was supposed to take place. They don't name Jack Umbrella Corp. They don't do anything. They do mention that uh, this guy who shot himself, his daughter, was going to be part of some medical thing worldwide. Yeah. And he was going to work for <clears throat> this paradigm Industries. Right. Which I'm wondering if that's like becomes umbrella becomes umbrella later yeah, yeah like so so I think they they had all the the foundation <laughs> stuff there hold on what am I missing Nothing. yeah what am I missing Grim Rasputin's dead the the foundation name scroll oh, back paradigm. up what is it? paradigm paradigm is in it yeah in Grim Rasputin's yeah. dead it'd be yeah. paradigm so what's it called paradigm industries yeah yeah 
<laughs> we might need to solve So anyway, <laughs> the, what we're talking about, for those who don't get it, is at the end, if you go to a certain website called Grim Rasputin is Dead, you're brought up, bread.com, you're brought up a, like a C prompt, like you're getting into a server somewhere and it asks for a username, and we realize the username is Dave. It was the name of the guy from the show. Yeah, so it we, takes you a little bit to, to get all these things yeah. in, you know? So we type that in, and it looks like you probably have to refresh it. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, what it is, is it's a viral marketing site that probably is never going to go anywhere because... They didn't get... Yeah, so here's the catch to the website. <laughs> you can get the username, you can get the password, but then there's an anagram. Industries, yeah. Yeah, Paradigm Industries. Is it Paradigm Industries? Try it. Okay, I'll, I'll check it out here in a minute. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's this viral site. Uh, <laughs> we're in. We're in. Wow. We saw this for you. Gary, all you sorts of stuff. It. Holy cow. It's like dumping you yeah. tons of information. Okay. <laughs> The light, we just solved it for you, people. The, the, light, the light switch turned on with, yeah. with, with Terry like and I. automatically screw. I don't know how you get this to work. Yeah, I'm going to have to figure this out later. So, <laughs> wow, Gary, nice job. No, Terry and I, there's, <laughs> the light bulb went on both of us. So we just solved the whole thing for you. Username's Dave, password is Grim... Grim Rescue is, is dead, dead, and the anagram, anagram of it is Paradigm, is Paradigm Industries. Industries. There you go. So we just solved it for you. You're welcome. And apparently there's also... I was seeing there's that logs was in there. That crazy all night. It was like, <laughs> when we typed that in just now, a bunch of text went scrolling by, and if you, yep. I was looking as much as I could, and there was like logs, ah. and there's all sorts of stuff. So what all this is, who knows? It's, it goes on forever, and I don't even know if... This, the site might not even be functional, because they it may, may have, be. it may have bad coding and stuff, yeah. so who knows? Still, it's kind of funny. It's but still anyway. going. That's crazy. Yeah. So that that's that's. What do you guys think of the show? Did you were you upset that they didn't do the show? I mean, I'm like, upset. I would like to have seen it because yeah. the approach of it being from a detective and a murder mystery, and it kind of starts off normal, but it, by the end of this ten minute uh, short video, you had an awesome zombie makeup standing in this den with its face missing, staring at you, and you wanted to. I wanted to know: Is this thing going to talk to him? Is this thing going to attack him? They didn't get that far. They left right, you hanging. They left you hanging. I think the approach of a murder mystery leading eventually into Resident Evil, and at least the way they filmed it and the lighting and everything, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I liked it only because it did feel, I mean, like, you don't have to be Resident Evil to feel Resident Evil. That's the cool thing about that video game series. That's why I like Resident Evil. It's based in some reality, you know, so you can get some reality out of it. And it does, but then it can lead into the non-reality part of it, and that's why I kind of liked it. Yeah, the only problem I got is um, they said the bullet took his nose and jaw off. Yeah. That means that the bullet had to come from the back of the head. Ah, that's true. And out the front. Well, that was what they were hinting at, was that... Yeah. But they don't see any hole in the back of his head or nothing. Well, yeah, it would be... I don't know. But that's the question at hand, isn't it? Who killed him and how did he get Unless, killed? Unless, was he, like, trying to kill himself and he flinched at the last second and it took off? Who knows? You're going to have to explain that a little more to yeah. me on that one. No, but still, I think that's the whole murder yeah. mystery part of it all, right? Like, the mystery... Could he have been shot, or did he try to kill himself? Well, uh, for, 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 for suicide, it, I don't think that would have uh, happened. I don't think so either. At least not if he ate the gun the way he, right. you know, suicide usually does. Anyways. So, Good. It said that it didn't come out because of TV series like The Walking Dead and Z World. And I felt like this could have been what... Um, Z Nation. Yeah, I don't even Z, know that Z show. Z Nation. And uh, I think that was the movie Z Nation, right? No, that was World War Z, yeah. I'm thinking of. Z Nation's on Sci-Fi Channel. Is that oh, what it is? Oh, is it? Okay. Right. And it's terrible. <laughs> really. And I feel like this could have been a better prequel than Fear the Walking Dead could have been. So I feel like it could have outcompeted Fear the Walking uh, Walking Dead in that sense. Because we never know why the people get infected in The Walking Dead. 
And, I mean... That is the one thing I, I have to say Resident Evil's got going for it that nobody else has tackled. Like, they tackle right away how the zombie apocalypse happened. It was a yeah. whoops of a biochemical thing. Boom. There it is. We're done. Now let's get into the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't whoops. Well, yeah. It, was, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't whoops. It was right. more like a... Whoops. <laughs> Wink. Let's yeah. see what it really does. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but what I'm saying is it's out there. Everybody knows it. Whereas Walking Dead, we still have no freaking clue... From what, what I started hear, the zombie Kirk, apocalypse. Kirkman says he never wants to say. That's right. not the point. He says right. the point is what happens after. But I'll not, tell you what. To some people, original. including myself, that's bothersome. Yeah. The Zom- fact that I don't know. Z- I- zombie Land explained it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah like, bad, bad hammer. Right, yeah. See, I, I would want to know because then it tells you how long the de- dead bodies have been and how long they've been decaying. And to me, that's like good information. Like, I like knowing that stuff. What, what, it, what I want, I want know context. I want to know who was yeah. mowing all the lawns in Walking Dead. Well, this is true. Like, yeah. they have these nice manicured lawns in front of a, 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 a prison, for crying out loud. Yeah. Like, yeah. how does that happen? Zombie Forrest Gump. <laughs> right in his lawnmower. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was made cow disease, what it, what it was. You guys been Walking Dead? <laughs> so, I think this could have been an amazing yeah. opportunity. That well, definitely go and missed. see the video. Please yeah. go see the video, and maybe they'll resurrect it. Maybe this is the Ryan Reynolds moment just gonna say of that. Raccoon City. I mean, look <laughs> at Ryan Reynolds. He put out this little clip about Deadpool. And got the movie made. And got the movie made. So maybe this little clip of Dave is what gets this TV show produced. And, oh, my gosh, that would be, to me, a way to relaunch Resident Evil. Because here's the thing, and we've talked about this before. I'm a fan of the movies, and I'm not. I'm a fan of the movies in that they're cool that they bring... Resident Evil to the forefront. People got a chance to talk about Resident Evil in the video games and all that stuff. I'm not a fan in that it has nothing to do with the video games I grew up with. I mean, if you look at them as a completely separate entity and say, hey, they played around in the Resident Evil pool, good job, good. That's fine. That's what they did. But if you're really going to go for an origin story and this is what Resident Evil is about, they were so far from the truth. And what actually happened, it's not even funny. Anybody who played the game will tell you the movies have nothing to do with the game. And it's a shame because the game had a good story, that it had potential, and then they didn't they didn't run with it. So I don't know how yeah. you guys feel about it, but this could be a potential reboot and a good one at that. I, I wonder if that's why they released the movie. Is everyone's kind of going for that the whole, reaction? Yeah, they, yeah, they're going for that whole Deadpool thing. See, I disagree with the article because the article said, "Well, apparently the project's dead because now it's released online." I'm like. Sometimes that's an attempt to right. really drum up And interest. creating the website might be another attempt yeah. to see how much interest they can draw in. Okay, so those were our thoughts about the Justice League trailer from the UK, about Shazam. Are you in for Chuck being Shazam? And our thoughts about the Resident Evil TV show that just never was, and it's yeah. kind of a shame that it wasn't. So head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Let us know or email us at galaxycast at gmail or Twitter us, tweet us at Twitter or find us on Facebook or go to YouTube and comment on our videos. And we'd love to hear from you, so please let us know what you thought of that. And it's episode 200, so we're not done yet because as part of our extravaganza, we are going to watch the first two episodes of season four of Star Wars Rebels next. The last season. The last season. And these the last two episodes Jedi. are the first two of this last season. So we'll be back after the break to talk about those episodes.
Okay, folks, it's that time again. It's time for another giveaway, a free prize. You get the opportunity today to actually get a free prize. So here's how it works. I'm going to read you a question out of the Obsessed with Star Wars question book. I'm going to read the question. You can email your answer to us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Let us know what the answer is. And your prize pack this time is going to include three. That's right. You're hearing it right three it's actually technically four different objects you're going to get the star wars episode one the phantom menace in 3d you're going to get the poster and you're going to get the exclusive 3d glasses from the night that it was released you're also going to get for free again just for answering this question correctly the star wars miniatures atst attack on endor scenario pack by the way this pack isn't even in production anymore you can't get a hold of this it's an atst miniature and finally, you're also going to get from us a Joe Caroni print for free just for answering this question. Here's your question, folks. The question is, what was the name of Admiral Akbar's command ship in the Battle of Endor? And I'll give you some options. Your option are, was it Mon Cal 1, Home 1, Rebel's Choice, or Akbar 1? Again, you're going to email your answers to galaxycast at gmail.com. Please make sure you put your name somewhere in that email. We'd love to hear from you. We can't wait to hear from you. Free prizes coming your way, folks. Continuing listening to the Galaxy Cast as we move on. Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids. Hi, I'm Darth Harrington of Darth Harrington's Intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids Emporium and Moonbase. Due to a garbled subspace transmission, I am currently overstocked on all intergalactic proton-powered electrical tentacled advertising droids, and I am passing the savings on to you! It is imperative that we clear this large and growing area of infection before it causes any more damage and pain to the patient. In order to accomplish this, we must find a way to maneuver down the root canal opening, around the first curve where the canal narrows, and then around the second curve where the canal is microscopic in size. Only after doing this can we reach the main areas of infection and adequately treat the tooth. That's impossible, even for a computer. It's not impossible. You may not be able to do it with your old-fashioned drills and root canal files, but I can do it with PIPs. Lasers aren't just for X-wings anymore. With my PIPs machine, I can navigate the curves in that canal as easily as I used to bullseye womp rats back home. Plus, it's gentler, more precise, and far more efficient than traditional procedures. Then man your PIPs, and may the force be with you. Doctor, you've put away your traditional instruments. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I just don't need them. Instead of scraping around inside the root, lasers gently clean out the canal with pulses of light. <laughs> you said it, Han. Thanks to Pips, root canal treatments are easier and more efficient than ever before.
there's no more need to fear root canal treatment. Laser dentistry is faster, less invasive, and much more comfortable than with traditional drills and files. Look at how well it fixed this insurmountable problem from the dark side. You all may have the force, but I have pips. So dental patients everywhere can spend a lot less time worrying and a lot more time celebrating. This is not the celebration I was expecting. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, each sold separately. Large-sized Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Princess Leia, champion of the rebel cause. With her defender, Luke Skywalker. You can swing him into action on his grappling hook. And load Chewbacca's laser crossbow. Star Wars large-sized action figures. Up to 15 inches tall. And ready for action. Large-sized Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, each sold separately from Kenner. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about the first two episodes of Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels titled Heroes of Mandalore, Parts 1 and Part 2. We're going to talk about, I think the whole thing as a whole, because there's no way you could have watched Part 1... Without seeing part two. I mean, the two things are kind of hand in hand, and it's really hard to watch these this particular episode without having seen both at the same time. So, let's just start with general thoughts. What do you guys think? Good episode, bad episode? Was it a good start to season four, or were you expecting some more? What do you think, Eric? I'm torn. I'm half and half on it. Okay. I'm of a good mind in that I liked the overall story and what they were trying to do. Yeah. I like the approach of... Overall, I like the story. Okay. And I like what it did not being as deeply ingrained and involved in the Mandalorian mythos as you guys are. I was okay with most of what they were doing in there. thought it was kind of cool. I loved the ending shot of all the, the, the Mandos on the knee. Kneeling. And they looked very Boba Fettish. It's like their armor yep. really looked different, and they looked more intimidating. Join, you know, Not fighting with each other anymore, but joined together. I like right. that. But the way they got us there, my, usual, my usual problems. Yep. Oh, my usual problems are with this, you know, 
every environment is a big, flat, empty area, and no one can hit anybody from two feet away. And it right. just pulls me out of it every time they start trying to do action. It's like, and there was a lot of Raiders of the Lost arc. This, <laughs> yes, the, I think these two episodes were tributes to, la- to Raiders, how we talked, they've done Jaws, and they've done yep. different things. The entire vehicle chase sequence in episode one and rescuing the father was completely a Raiders... The tank uh, scene. The tank scene yeah, or the truck scene again. from the first one. Oh, I didn't think about the yeah, truck scene. With yeah, with all the soldiers yep, in it and everything trying right. to rescue the Ark, except instead of it being the Ark, it was her it's dad. dad, yeah. So and it's then, kind of a mixture of both. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. and at the end, the the lightning bolts going through everybody was totally straight, straight out of Raiders. Yep. So I think there were definitely some tributes there. And I liked moments in the truck chase sequence, but overall, I felt it was horrible choreography, as usual. I liked moments in the ending fight scene, but overall two feet away from each other and nobody's hitting each other. Right. And it just keeps pulling me out when they do that. I wish to God they'd get someone to, to really map these things out better. <laughs> what did you think overall, Tara? Were you good with this one? It was, it was pretty good. Okay. I wish they killed her off, the mother off. But, <laughs> I mean. Definitely your paddle. <clears throat> they, they never kill anyone. Okay, Gary, what did you think of that? Oh, really? You ask, you, what do you think all the ash piles sitting in the battlefield yeah, this would is say true. that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Whatever. But they weren't any... Uh, no names. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing as how the stormtroopers are so bad at shooting... Oh, my God. Right. So were the Mandos, though. They couldn't yeah. hit anything either, and I felt bad about that. But but, but here, here, here's the point I'm bringing <laughs> up, all right? Ezra's all over the place because he can't fly fly with the... Right. Right. They're, the stormtroopers should have been hitting him. That's because he's all over the place, and, and they can't hit. They can't, yeah. they can't hit anything straight. <laughs> yeah, somehow, the, on the occasion, they're still managing to hit him. And then he's somehow managing to perfectly bounce back those mistaken shots right back. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you guys. Jedi. Yeah. So I got to agree with you guys. The, the, the blocking in this episode was just god-awful for oh. every single fight scene. So when you look at the first fight scene, first off, who in their right mind charges across a blank, empty field? Yeah. Just with nothing and, and else warns in front them. of them. Stands up and says, right. here we come! come. Ah. And, and 20 feet away, yeah. and somehow are in there in I like mean, two minutes. Sorry. Uh, World War One. Well, even in the 1860s, when the Civil War was going on, they still tried to hide between behind rocks and trees and crud when they could. I mean, heck, even during Pickett's charge, this, the Confederates were known to pile up dead bodies to hide behind yeah. them. I mean... That's ridiculous that you're, open, you're ch- openly you're, charging you're across trying, an empty If you're field. trying to get at a installation that's surrounded by emptiness, what would you do to get in? Uh, uh, definitely have stealth and everything else to go in. You, I would All right. commandeer a ship. But, try uh, to sneak something. in. Something. I'm trying to you sneak know, it's, in it's somehow. Like, there's got to be a better plan than let's stand up out of the trench and run at them. Right. But but Sabine lost a coin toss. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> We're going to run behind rocks and trees while you're going to go in a straight line. There you go. So, yeah. I, I get, <laughs> but that, so that, that first scene, the blocking was awful. Then we have the scene in the canyon with the, the troop transports. Now, some of that was actually viable, and it was yeah. kind of fun. Like Moments. The, like the paint, was I thought cool was moment. a nice yeah. little cool moment to block the view of the people that are, that are flying the transports. But then you get like into... The, like the moment where they said, you take the ones on the right, I'll take the ones on the left, and she went around the side and shot through the open doorway. Right. Nice, nice little moment. Nice little touch. Uh, Kanan. Dropping in yeah. on the guys inside the thing, and the next thing you know, you just see them all come flying all out the doors. Out, right. G- decent moment. moment. Even Ezra being underneath... Right. The truck, kind of Indiana Jones-esque, there was a moment where, like, one person flew past someone else and knocked someone else off, and they tumbled, and they rolled past him as he moved out of the way, and it was, like, a nice moment. Right. But they're so far in between. But then, in in between those moments, you get stupid things like troopers trying to fire in the troop transport while they're strapped into the side of 
the troop transport. Why? Why wouldn't you unstrap yourself, climb on top, and start shooting where you have the ability to 360 shoot at things? But no, we don't do that. Or how about we have the perfect moment of the scout, uh, what are the biker scout bikes, are yeah. getting you know, pummeled, and instead of trying to turn around and shoot at anybody, no, we just let Sabine throw us off of it and take it. If it were that easy, why didn't Luke Skywalker just throw one of them off and take it yeah, over? He did. Not really. He actually cut the spoiler on one, rode another I mean, like, it Remember wasn't he quite... jumped on there one, knocked yeah, the guy did. off, and he took it. Well, he did eventually, but, <laughs> but there was quite a fight yeah, there. there was. This one was just kind of like, bleh. He just, you know, Sabine yeah. just threw him off, and that was it. It was a done deal. Well, well how about when uh, Ezra gets in the, the tank that's uh, carrying... Sabine's fire. Right, and there's like no fight there. Well, you, you get the two guys they're driving. Right. They get out of their seats to, to fight know, them. To fight them. Right. Why? I don't know. I, I'm not sure why that. So that, 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 whole, that right there made no sense at all. I'm telling you, what this show needs is a dedicated person who understands fight choreo- choreography. They to need improve, to bring Ray Park to, in. I'm to improve serious. these scenes. Yeah. Well, not just Ray Park, because Ray Park understands. The physical fight choreography, That's but true. we need someone who can also camera, it, cor- yeah. someone who's a visual, pre, pre-visla, someone who does a pre-visualization <laughs> of the scenes. Yeah. Um, they need that. And I don't, I think that's lacking heavily on this show is that kind of orchestration. And then you get, I, I'm getting the impression, well, first off, there's, well, I'll get into the things that bother me later, but I'm getting the impression that Ezra is starting to feel almost like Mace Windu to a large extent. So like here, all I could think of when he's jumping from tank to tank as they're going over the cliff was that one scene in a Tartakovsky series with Mace Windu? He was like a god, right? Yeah. Like he was like unstoppable, and he could jump anywhere and leap anywhere and do anything. And he jumps and jumps and jumps and gets to the edge of the cliff. And you think he's gonna die, and luckily he does get saved by Sabine. But I mean, like any other Jedi would have died in that sequence. But yet he's got this all amazing power to make these gigantic leaps. Against gravity and against momentum. Against gravity, against momentum, against everything else, and do these amazing things that nobody else should be able to do. Just too, I don't know. And and then not be tired or anything after that either. Yeah, he's like perfectly fine. Like, you know, nothing. At least least Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, when they did their uh, Jedi speed jump or speed walk around, would be tired or exhausted. They're panting for breath. Right. So, you know, that just made it seem even more like godlike when he has those kinds of abilities. Then when you look at the blocking of the last battle in, in the very last part. In the of this, hangar. In the hangar. And again, you've got two walkers. Point blank range. Point blank range. <laughs> basically, I mean, why aren't they trying to step on him? I, I they did one point. They but. tried, but not really. Okay, so here's one of the things that bothered me throughout the entire episode. The stupid jetpacks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jetpacks are supposed to have a limited fuel on them. They're only supposed to be able to jump... From place to place, it you don't become Superman because you have a jetpack on your back. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's not enough fuel in the jetpack to make that happen. That actually has been discussed over and over again, and I'm not talking about lore that's been decanonized. I'm talking about current lore. So they should have pulled up in a vehicle and f- briefly flown into the hangar. Yes, and then they should have briefly done jumps around. It Correct. shouldn't be this all. I'm going to fly two miles away right. to get to this. Look, it's just they can go anywhere. Correct. Them. They should not have been able to just kind of fly all over the place again. Just because you have a jetpack does not make you God. Superman, Green Lantern, whoever can just fly anywhere. That's not the and, way it works. And like I said, they're powerful enough to keep up with a Tie Fighter too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. Yeah, <clears throat> the speed at which those jetpacks were. Well, not only the Tie Fighter, but the Scout. 
the speeder bike for the scout, they were keeping up with that. They were keeping up with the tanks. I mean, when you think about the speed at which some of these jetpacks were going, they would have used their fuel up pretty dang fast. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, some of this makes Mandalorians seem like they're godlike. And I, as much as I love Mandos, so here I am, like, you know, I love Mandalorians, and I, I love the Mandalorian culture. There are some things I think they got expertly right, and then they kind of blew up some of that when you do things like you did with the jetpacks. The good part, I liked, first off, that we brought Beskar Gam back into the fold. The idea that the Mandalorians have Beskar Gam armor, iron armor, that is supposed to be next to Invincible. We kind of reintroduced that idea, finally. I like the fact that they... The armor is history. Yeah, that's what I was about to go. That they covered the history behind it. That every Mando had armor that was handed down from generation to generation. It's about the blood behind the armor. Not necessarily the armor itself. And I'm, I'm kind of glad they finally got into that. Because we've talked about that as Mandalorian mercs. You know, that, that even, like, when my kids have armor and I help them with it... It's not my armor. It's their armor, but we made it. Yeah. It's a family thing, and it's it's a thing that we connected through. And that's kind of what's going on in the show here is that the armor takes on that family connection. I was glad that they were able to show that. Yes. And I was, I was appreciative of that. It's just too bad that some of these other things got in the way of what couldn't have been a really cool story and an awesome story arc. Yeah. What did you guys think of Sabine having been the architect of the weapon that was destroying Mandalorians? Well, at first I was like, why would she build something against Mandalore? But then, but then they went through the explanation of that she did it when she was in the Empire Academy. Right. And it was before, I think, I think it was that whole play on before I understood what I should feel respect and honor for. I'm a snotty kid who's going to just use my intelligence it'd be like oh i'm pretty good at creating weapons what if i made one that could kill anybody you know blah, blah, blah. it was it was a it was very disrespectful to mandalorian history and culture but it's something that someone in being raised in the empire academy being kind of pushed in that direction anyway to be a you know, person who could turn on your own people and do weapons and the fact that she's probably a you know, they say she's very artistic. She's probably got some level of high IQ and would want to create stuff like that. She feels compelled to do it. So I was okay with the excuse by when they put that in. So I was okay with it, and I thought it was like a neat little twist that she built something that was going to kill everybody. I would have been better if her mother died, though. <laughs> I know. She's going to keep coming back to that. Everyone you, everyone should have died. You just wanted a Amparu moment. You wanted to see charred bodies sitting there and somebody crying about charred bodies. Yeah. That's really what you wanted to see. Yeah. So here's what I liked about it. It actually hit up on the idea that people, in general, when they're younger, have a tendency to make stupid mistakes. Mm -hmm. That sometimes, and this is, I think, really the kind of the theme of this episode, that make dumb mistakes that, it, that sometimes come back to bite them in the rear end later on in life. Oh, yeah. And I, I thought that was a good theme. I mean, how many of us, being young and stupid, have done something really dumb that, that we regret later in life and somehow either have to fix or change or do something about, I actually kind of liked that theme. And I'm kind of glad you brought that up, Eric, that that it was when she was younger and working in the Imperial Academy and just kind of did something that really wasn't, wasn't intended to be bad, but then eventually got turned into something that was bad. What did you guys think of the weapon? Let me ask you that one. I liked it. The big bug zapper. It was, yeah. I liked the idea of it, and I thought it was neat. <clears throat> I didn't like how easy it was for her to switch a 
flip a switch and now it hurts stormtroopers. You know, it's like yeah, it seems too convenient. It, it was a little bit of a convenient. And she did say before it that happened that she didn't know if she could do it. She did, but it's like yeah, but all that, it takes is a couple button presses. <laughs> it seemed too easy. Yeah, and and not only did it only get the stormtroopers in that room, but it got everybody in the entire building. It, I mean, like that seemed pretty convenient. Yeah. It, beca- well, it, it became what do they call it? That uh, the, the McGovern. Mea culpa. It could do anything at that point. It was the perfect solution. Well, it, it was also full power, too. So mm. yeah. This is true, yeah. But again, a couple button pushes and it's at full power. I mean, like... No, it was supposed to go with full power and then wipe out all the mandos that were around. Yeah, I guess. So It just seemed very <clears throat> Doctor Who-ish and using the sonic screwdriver <laughs> convenient-ish. You know no, what I, mean? I, I, I agree 100% with What that. I would have liked is if she had said something like... If she couldn't have done a, you know fine-tune the AM-FM dial and tune it to Stormtrooper instead of Mando, you know, <laughs> which is what she seemed to do. I would have liked it better if she simply... Awesome if they just hit a nod that goes yeah. Stormtrooper Mando, you know, like... <laughs> I just think it would have been neater if she had maybe had said something like, it's set to be repelled by Best right. Game. Like, something like that, where it's... It was affecting them because it wasn't affecting... It was affecting the Stormtroopers because it was, like, being repelled by the, the armors. I don't know. Something... It just seemed too easy to, like, tweak it to Stormtrooper mode. See, I would have thought it would actually have been more fun if if, they, if she just switched it off, right? And so he turns it on, and they all go, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. You know, like, that would have been funnier, I think, than to have it, like, like you said, it almost like she switched the switch, and it went from Mando to Stormtrooper, and boom, there yeah, you go. It was a little too easy. It's too easy. I, yeah. I don't know. I did love the visual when it overheated and it melted through the floor yeah. and spilled, spilled onto one of the walkers the, yep. and then started eating through the floor. It was, that was, it was, it the, was the, the walker, walker yeah. the yeah. one that it was supposed to be for the oh, walker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it totally destroyed it. So it really kind of melted on itself. That I was, thought that was kind of cool. That was, And the visuals at the end, even though most of the episode, I was kind of remarking how bland the visuals were. Yeah. The ending of that destruction of the, of the Star Destroyer was actually pretty detailed. There was some nice yeah, stuff Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. And that's the weird thing. Like, parts of this episode were very, very, very bland. The landscape was very bland. And I know they tried to explain that as, like, the battle war ravaging war. the landscape and all this kind of stuff. But all I could think of was, like, cheap art. Well, that's the thing. They didn't I, know what I, else it, to do, so for them, cheap art. For them to render, like, tell me how cool it would have been if this installation was had a wrecked city nearby. Right. Like, oh, that's one of the cities that was destroyed in the war. And that's where they invaded from and snuck from. You know, sure. they had some cover. But that takes rendering time and model building and, you know, texture mapping and all the stuff they got to do to build a city. It's almost like they were rushed to get episode one and two out. In a way. It just feels like they're going the easy route in terms of landscape. Let's face it. They've announced it's the last season. I just think they're not... They're cutting every corner they can. Right. They're cutting corners. They know they're going to Well, how much of this was built, was started... It takes a while to do this. It had to be at least in the process before they announced it would be the last season. I'm sure. But what I'm also saying is I'm sure once they got to that post-editing process, it was kind of like, all right, quick, get it done. We'll have to see what the series season looks like. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not subpar because it sure seems like from this particular episode, certain elements of it are going to be subpar. When we were getting into the Night Sisters part, or not the Night Sisters, but the... uh, uh, the Inquisitors. When we were having oh, yeah, the multiple yeah. Inquisitors, and yep. they were kind of fighting in towns, and then they went there around the pyramid. The backgrounds are pretty intense. They got. Some they had those. some really good settings and landscape yeah. going. At that point, they seemed to be at their peak, and now they seem to have gone back to almost season one level of let's do yeah, very like sparse very areas. Sparse areas, very limited landscapes. I don't know. There's there's a lot that that lacked in this particular episode. I I liked getting Bo Katan back though. 
I was glad we brought Bo-Katan back into the fold. I hope we see some more Mandalorians. It looks like it's going to be the entire season, maybe, that's Mandalorian-centric, I'm hoping. Uh, But getting Bo-Katan back was nice. I loved seeing Sabine hand off the sword and letting Bo-Katan finally take over and and become what her sister was. So that was kind of a nice homage. I was waiting for that for a long time. Once we had the saber, I was like, when is Bo-Katan going to become a leader? And then it was Sabine. So I'm wondering if the wraparound in Star Wars is going to be the Kenobi family, because... As you have implied, Gary, that Ray may mm-hmm. be a Kenobi, so maybe they end this season out with the Mandalorians are led by somebody who knows a Kenobi. We end out the Last Jedi with the year in that maybe Ray is related to a Kenobi. This could be a Kenobi centric year. I mean, seriously, it could be potentially, or we could just be a big MacGuffin and Disney's like psyching us all out. So, I guess we should rate this one, because, you know, I think we've said everything we need to say. Did I miss anything about this episode? I think we've kind of all gotten there. Were, out well, there. Let's see. There were some nice touches, at, like, at the point when she did switch it to Stormtrooper. Yeah. That uh, Ezra had to throw his helmet off, because he was in pain, oh, yeah, yeah. Cause because that was being affected, because it's a scout trooper helmet. Yeah. So, there there were signs that people were thinking the details through. Yeah. I like the little argument he had, too, with the Mando, where he said, uh, do I have to come here and finish your job, too? He's like, what was it? Deep or destroying the plans was the easy part, and they started fighting together. Right, right. And he's like, "Don't fight now." I'm just, I'm trying to find all the things I did like. You know, they, I'm trying to put some positive things out there for don't, this. And, don't be positive, Eric. And it was, it's Color, colorful mandos. I liked the fact that we're finally starting to see more than just the two tone mando kind of thing. Yeah. We're actually seeing some designs and patterns. And What's going to happen with the white one? He ran. He, you think he survived? He survived the explosion, probably. I think he's gonna go infiltrate and maybe become an informant for the rebels eventually. You think? I think so. He's gonna become. The I next. think he's going to have seen his boss in a new light. You know what I mean? And maybe realize that maybe, maybe he's not so Mando centric as he once thought. You know? I think. Who knows? I might be completely wrong about that. I, I, I like the homage to the Mercs. And I really do think this whole episode was a gigantic homage to the Mercs. Having the different designs, having the different styles, the reference to clans, even though they didn't mention any clans in the Mercs, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But they referenced clans. So now we can say, see, it's in the show. It was never in the show before. Clans were talked about, but that was the first time we saw multiple clans in one place. That was kind of a cool homage. I like that part of it. I agree with you, Eric. I'm kind of trying to like search for things that I want to like. Don't. About the episode. I'm kidding. Um, you know, so there were things that I did like about it. I enjoyed the fact that we didn't kill her parents. I, I know Tara <sighs> is not happy with that, but I-, I appreciate the fact that we still kept Sabine's parents alive to use them potentially later on. For a much more important to. kill. Right. Well, and it might be for a much yeah. more important kill later on. Okay, so I guess we can rate this one. Uh, zero being don't bother, ten being a must-see. So anybody want to go first on this one? Since Terry has been here for the last couple, and she's geeked up. I yep. think she should do it, yes. Oh, okay. So what would you rate I'm this gonna one? I'm going to give this a whopping three. Ooh, a three. <laughs> yeah. Three. Because Bo-Katan becomes a leader, and I've been waiting for that one for a long time. And, I mean, it gets a three because they didn't kill her parents, so. <laughs> if yeah. they what killed would her parents, what, yeah, what, what would it have been a ten? It would have been pretty close to a ten. <laughs> Someone would wow. officially have died. So do you realize that killing people is worth seven points, points to her? when rating the systems? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Eric, what would you give this episode? I'm going to give it a solid... I'm torn between a six and a seven. Okay. And the reason is because I feel like it was important to watch... We always say, you know, how important is it in the overall story? It was very important to the last season. The clans are coming together. 
you know, there's history that we learned. There is, it was a very Mando-centric episode that I think is going to be important going down the road. You know, the the crowning of the leader of the Mandos with the Darksaber. And it's, sure. A lot of important things happened. But the way we got there was super, super clunky. I guess I'm going to say six because I felt like the clunkiness was pretty strong and it just fought the story the whole way. And it was it was definitely these kind of competing factors to tell an important story, but we told it in a horrible way. Yeah. I would give this one a five. It fell flat for an opening of a season. I wanted so much more, and there could have been so much more, especially as a Mando-centric episode. There's so much more they could have done with it. I just kind of felt like it fell flat. I, I just wanted more character development. And, you know, yet again, I kind of feel like we had part of the crew, but not all of it. And that became obvious. We didn't see, really see much yeah. of Hera. We didn't see much of Zeb. We had well, we Chopper. didn't see Zeb at all. Right, we didn't see Zeb at all. We saw just a very little bit of Hera. It just felt very Oh, what do you think of that contrived. moment with Hera? I don't know. The hinting more and more at the romance and all that. I think that was just thrown in there just to... It was stupid. To say Hera was in the episode. They could have thrown it in anywhere else, and it wouldn't have mattered. Just it. it, it but the really... conversation, where they're talking about... Are I we talking it. about the, the, the mission, or are we talking about something else? Yeah, I mean... Again, that could have come up anywhere else. You didn't need to do it in this episode, per se. I think any time we're seeing that crew split apart, it just doesn't work for some reason. I, you know. But again, I ask myself, are we committed to this crew? Do you, do you feel like you're committed to this rebel crew? And yet again, I felt like this episode fell short and made us committed. It made me more committed to Mando's than it did make me oh, committed yeah. to the rebel crew. Obviously, if we, have to rate the, if we have to rate the crew that's important to episodes... Ezra and Kanan seem to be the most important. Right. Hera, maybe. Zeb is like nothing. Right. He's just, they, they could probably leave him out the rest of the entire series and people would be like, eh. You know, it's like they're not using him or utilizing him in any way, right. shape, or form. Chopper is just a throwaway gag that also happens to be your electronic specialist. And that's my other issue is not only do the Mandos have endless jumps, so does Chopper. Oh, God. He flies like he Superman. He flies like Superman all the time. If R2-DJ could have done that, he'd have been like super R2. You know, yeah. like, da -da -da. but he's not. I mean, and, and why does Chopper get to be super Chopper, but R2s get limited jump too? So, yeah, that's why I give this one a five. There's so much there. It's just unbelievable. Gary, what would you give this one? I'm giving it a five also. Wow. Gary and I agree. <laughs> Episode 200, people. The, 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 main, the main reason for that is, is the colorful mandos. The Mando, okay. Mando episode. Yeah. Bring back the mythology on the uh, best card game. And unfortunately, they, there was no deaths. <laughs> yeah. No no important deaths. You got to agree right. with your Padawan on that yeah. one. Back yes, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I like the least seeing one of the parents get killed. Okay. So. What about the conversation the with the dad there? When he seems to be like artistic type, and that's the connection to Sabine. Like they're both artistic types. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a warrior at all. Yeah, it like just he felt seems weird. Completely, he's like I'm walking around in a suit. Well, granted, they may have him in those garb in that garb because he's a prisoner. But well, it's I like kind of felt like that was his, his normal clothes. day cl day clothes. It's yeah. almost like yeah, my wife goes off and fights the battles, and I stay home and you know kind of arrange, clean arrange like flowers and paint pictures yeah it's kind of what i felt like too and, I or, was like, and more importantly I, I study art i study art history yeah it's just kind of an awkward interaction between him and sabine and it just didn't it, feel right it, it's almost like it's a matriarchal uh, society yeah well it is i mean look at all the leaders right. i mean the leaders are all i think it is a matriarchal society yeah where most so, of the leaders are one there and they, i've never realized i haven't really made that connection before but i really think they're that's what they're one of the things they're pushing maybe that's one of the things that's bothering a lot of the mandos and they haven't put that together yet that it yep. seems very matriarchal 
I'm okay with that. It's kind of okay like it's it kind of like the warrior Amazon race. It's yeah. you know if they're major because it's not like they're showing none of the men fighting. They're showing men as plenty of mandos, but it seems like the ones in power end up being like queens. You know, or it seems like that's where the power transfer happens. And maybe that's the problem because prior to this show and prior to Clone Wars, there weren't female leaders in the mandos. Right. And then all of a sudden the shows came along. Huh, Gary, you might have hit on something yeah. right there that's maybe been bothering people and they didn't even realize it. Uh, yeah, I guess I never thought of that. That's very matriarchal. Huh. Hmm. I mean, look, at all, the, look at all the leaders. Her mom and the different people. I mean, yeah, over over time. Bo-Katan, yeah. Duchess. Satine. Yeah, but Duchess Satine. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Nail hit right on the head in episode 200. It only took us 200 episodes nope. to get there. <laughs> okay, so that's what we thought of uh, the first two episodes of Star Wars Rebels Season 4. We'd love to hear from you. Did you feel the same way we did? Did you feel like this one fell flat, or did you feel like this was an awesome episode and we totally missed the mark on us? We'd love to hear from you. As always, you should have been listening to this episode for the question, so if you haven't, go back, find it. It's in there, I promise. Listen for the question. This is episode 200, so there's going to be an awesome prize, so listen carefully. We want to take a minute and thank the comic book men and Jeremy Bullock for giving us our, our special thank yous for the 200 episode. We hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. 200, folks. I can't get over it. I'm still excited about it. So please contact us at galaxycast at gmail.com like our instructions say we'd love to hear from you or check us out on twitter and make a comment there or go to youtube and make a comment there or go to facebook and let us know there and as always as we like to say here in the star production studios may the force be with those who listen 200 times thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast we hope you enjoyed this show were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line... We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line You've failed for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, Wayward Travelers, Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.